Welcome to the Kupinger Code Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Senior Analyst and Lead Advisor with Kupinger Code Analysts. My guest today is again Alexey Balaganski. He is a Lead Analyst with Kupinger Code and he is covering, amongst other topics, the topics of cybersecurity. Hi, Alexey. Hello, Matthias. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you again, and this is important because we want to continue our discussion that we started in an earlier episode around the domain name system. We covered in that earlier episode the um, aspects of cybersecurity threats uh, against this domain name system. And today we want to continue our discussion looking at a different aspect, which is closely related, but quite different. We want to look at the domain name system and its relevance regarding privacy. When we look at the main name system, so if we look at what actually the system is, what it does, so it resolves um, symbolic names like www.coopingacole.com towards a technical address. And this is done by a service that is um, an integral part of the internet from the very beginning or almost from the very beginning. How can that really uh, applied to privacy. How is this important, Alexei? Yes, well, Matthias, just to recap quickly what we discussed in our previous uh, episode. Yes, DNS is one of the big bones of the internet. It's also one of the earliest uh, network services powering the internet, and obviously it was not designed with security in mind. One of the greatest challenges of modern DNS is that it's completely uh, plain text. All requests uh, flowing between clients and DNS servers are unencrypted, totally in the clear, uh, running through a well-known uh, network port, so everyone can uh, eavesdrop, intercept, and analyze them. And this obviously opens uh, a lot of security uh, challenges, which we have discussed in the previous episode. But you are right, uh, privacy is a totally different beast. First of all, because privacy is not entirely based on technology, it's based on trust. And trust is, of course, anything but technology. It's psychology, cultural issues, societal issues. So when it comes to privacy, it all boils down to the amount of inconvenience uh, you have to, uh, or you, you, you are willing to put up with uh, in return to protecting your personal information, right? And many people uh, decide that uh, even the, the slightest inconvenience uh, isn't worth it, so they are ignoring privacy issue completely. And this is where they are completely wrong. So where do we actually see uh, personal information um, when it comes to uh, using the domain name system? I assume it is mainly the information that you provide when you want to use a service, when you want to contact a web server, a mail server, any kind of other service, then you would indicate that you want to use that server and where you're coming from. Is this the type, the type of information that we're looking at? Of course, this is the most obvious uh, privacy-related problem. So yes, every time you want to visit a website or want to connect to any kind of uh, internet resource, you have to resolve its uh, IP address which means that you have to submit a query to a DNS server, and the owner of the DNS server always gets uh, that information in the clear. So your internet provider or your employer, if you're working from an office, for example, they always know 
which resources you are visiting. Even as we all know that modern websites are usually completely encrypted through this TLS technology. So when we connect through a HTTPS address, the actual content of the website is encrypted, but the very fact that you have visited that website isn't. So everyone out there can know which website you are visiting, and we all know that this can lead to all kinds of uh, problems ranging from tiny personal inconveniences when you, for example, are shopping for a present for your wife, or to much bigger challenges if you are, say, a dissident working uh, undercover in a hostile, politically unstable country, for example. So this is the biggest challenge. What people tend to uh, ignore, or maybe kind of forget about, is that DNS itself contains a lot of personal information. If you register a website, if you run a website, you have to provide uh, your address, your phone number, your email address, or just your name, if you will, to register the domain. And uh, much of that information is freely available somewhere out there in that uh, DNS structure. And we all know that DNS, for example, isn't limited to geographical borders, so your personal information can freely flow around the world. And this is a major violation of many uh, privacy regulations like GDPR. So if we look at these different operations that we've, that you've mentioned, so on the one hand, there is these, these uh, communication between the different zones, so the, the upload, download of types of zone information, which can contain personal data um, in itself. And on the other hand, it's the, the usual user-oriented uh, communication between client, the DNS server, um, and the DNS um, infrastructure. So what is at stake is, m as a user, my personal IP address, or where I am, the communication between the me and the DNS server, and everything that the DNS server can expose um, to the outer world. So there are, and of course, the zone transfer um, information. Uh, as this service is so long around, I would expect really that this transport in the clear that this um, not having any kind of authentication and and encryption in transit has been tackled before. Are there solutions already available that look at these uh, challenges, starting with the uh, with the endpoint with me and the overall infrastructure? Well, yes and no. I mean, of course, uh, people have been working on different uh, approaches to solve this problem. The challenge here is uh, backwards compatibility. I mean, DNS is such an uh, essential part of our modern internet, you cannot just rip it and replace with something totally new. It either has to be uh, backwards compatible and thus leaking the same data, or you have to slowly upgrade all the clients, all the services, all the devices to support some kind of a new protocol. And the problem, for example, is that uh, some vendors, some technologies offer at least partial coverage of these uh, challenges. For example, even the simplest VPN, the virtual private network, is always, uh, almost always sold to customers as a privacy-enhancing technology. So it's not just uh, uh, an opportunity to like watch American Netflix from Germany, but it also uh, hides the fact that you're watching Netflix, for example, from work. So the problem is that uh, not every VPN provider uh, is... Uh, has the same technological proficiency, if you will. And even if you are connected through a VPN tunnel, your DNS might still be leaking. And uh, some really good uh, 
VPN providers actually include a kill switch in their clients, which ensure that if something like that even occurs, your complete traffic will be immediately stopped, so your data isn't leaked. But even if it, uh, even if they do solve this challenge, it all again boils down to trust. If you do not trust your ISP, why should you trust your VPN provider more? I think yeah, that is an important question because, um, as you said, there there are um, DNS providers that do that as a commercial service. Um, one important um, DNS provider is Google, and, and it plays an important role in the overall global DNS infrastructure. And you've mentioned that there are uh, spe specialized, um, focused security, cybersecurity as a service providers that run DNS. Um, as a secured service where they are paid for providing this service. So deciding which provider of DNS services is the one you would trust most is really a, a crucial a crucial decision to make sure that you understand what could happen and what might happen and, and what, you what you can prevent by choosing one or the other option and where in the end you are ending up with Yeah, yeah. The, the the residual risk is trust trusting in the in the um, provider of the service. Well, this is again where we have to really try to delineate uh, the border between security and privacy. Unfortunately, sometimes it's a clear dichotomy where you have to choose either privacy or security, but not both. And this, uh, of course, relates to almost every uh, quote unquote enterprise grade. DNS security solution, because the very idea of an enterprise security platform in that uh, its primary goal is to prevent uh, sensitive data leaks or data breaches to ensure that uh, your corporate device isn't compromised, for example. But of course, to solve those challenges, like that provider has to monitor everything you are doing, or at least what happens on your device uh, on your behalf, so to say. And of course, when you are working from home, especially if you are, for example, an EU citizen and your information is protected by law, or sometimes kind of security clashes with privacy. But luckily, uh, there are actually uh, specifically designed privacy-enhancing technologies being developed nowadays specifically for DNS. Uh, two of those you've probably heard about is uh, DOT and DOH. One is uh, DNS over TLS, which is basically the traditional DNS queries uh, sent over an extended encrypted tunnel. The other one is DNS over HTTPS, which is, again, of domain resolution queries converted into the standard HTTPS protocol, meaning that uh, they work the same way as uh, your normal site visits and they're protected by the same technology. In that regard, nobody else can eavesdrop on your DNS uh, traffic. So CIA or Chinese hackers or your wife, they cannot know which sites you are visiting now. But of course, the actual provider still knows that. And uh, it's again up to you to decide, can you actually trust Google more than your wife? I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I would not try to. I, I would try to avoid that discussion again. But basically, um, the, the what we can achieve by this this um, encryption mechanisms either it's it's directly at TLS or it's HTTPS, which is TLS somewhere woven into HTTPS. Uh, but in in the end, it's it's encryption of the traffic between me as the client, my endpoint, 
and the DNS server and all these DNS servers um, among each other communicate also in an encrypted manner. So that part of the threat, the clear text transfer of the actual protocol data um, is mitigated by this. But I think one problem that is still around would be that I have to communicate with that server. And by that, I disclose my IP address. I show who I am. So this anonymity is is lost. So there is still um, a, a way that my my existence, my using this of this service um, would still be disclosed. Are there other mechanisms in place that can help here as well? Uh, of course, and uh, there is a multitude of different mechanisms offered uh, to mitigate that uh, fundamental challenge. The problem is that, uh, again, can you trust those mechanisms? For example, we all know about the Tor, the, uh, the Onion Router Network, which is supposedly not just uh, encrypted, but also completely anonymized. And again, unfortunately, we know for sure that the Tor network was actually created with a strong support from American intelligence agencies. And those agencies have the technology to de-anonymize people working through that uh, network. Again, the same can uh, at least partially apply to any other encrypted network. For example, whether you decide for Google, Cloudflare, or any other DOH or DOT provider, well, those companies would still know who you are. And there is some kind of an additional uh, third party required to uh, to break that uh, connection between you and the other party. And indeed, uh, there are some interesting developments with that regard. One is, for example, the Oblivious DOH technology, which is currently being developed by Cloudflare. And I think we discussed Cloudflare last time. It's one of the largest uh, cloud-based security platforms. And uh, of course, I mean, they already run millions of websites. They protect them from denial of service attacks and so on. And of course, it's in their interest uh, to maintain that uh, image, to maintain that, to, to offer this level of trust to their customers. And the Oblivious DOH uh, technology is exactly that. It's, it introduces uh, a trusted third party. It's usually a standalone company, uh, maybe even a, a non-commercial entity, which would ensure that uh, whenever you submit an encrypted DNS query to a provider like Cloudflare, that provider would never know who you are. All those requests uh, are running through those proxies, and the proxies claim not to not to tell the other party who they, who they represent at the moment. Of course, again, it's up to you to decide whether you trust those claims or not, but, well, absolute trust is impossible. I mean, that very notion of zero trust we've been discussing uh, so much lately, in the end, it's just, it's it's a philosophical idea. You would never actually achieve it 100% without making some kind of a, a compromise. And of course, uh, a compromise uh, you make with regard to uh, a trusted, probably non-commercial third party, it's probably a compromise easier to make than to decide whether you trust Google or any other company which uh, kind of builds their own business model around knowing as much as possible about you. So yes, uh, DNS uh, privacy enhancement technologies are already here. They are already built into major browsers like Chrome and Firefox. Unfortunately, they're still somewhat limited. Again, uh, if you look at the Chrome settings now, you'll probably find like four 
different options uh, to select from. One of those would be Google themselves, and Cloudflare, probably a couple of smaller providers. In the future, we'll hopefully see more. And of course, a large enterprise company can decide to design and host their own secure and privacy-aware DNS infrastructure or, again, invest in a, in a managed service. And then again, uh, it all boils down to assessing your risks, understanding the compromise between uh, privacy requirements, compliance requirements, and uh, productivity and convenience. Nobody, even we, cannot give a, a 100% uh, correct opinion on that. It's always up to you to decide. Right. So identifying the, 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 the right level of risk to accept is, is an important step. And that can really not taken over by anybody else than you yourself or the organization itself. But given that le appropriate level of trust, so we assume we have decided if we have a trusted partner, then we would have the protection of the endpoint through the proxy. We had, would have encrypted traffic between the client and uh, the the actual um, DNS server with an end-to-end -end security between the client through the proxy to the um, to the DNS server and in the communication with a complete DNS backbone. But you said that this oblivious DNS over HTTPS, this ODOH, is an emerging standard. This is just growing. Uh, what would be then a recommendation from our side um, in, in general? Um, you, you said the support still is limited in some browsers. Um, so that means that these mechanisms are not in general use across all kinds of DNS clients, which is every um, um, internet application, every app on your smartphone. So endorse it, make sure people are using it. Would that be the right way forward? Absolutely. And as you just uh, rightfully mentioned, uh, there is a, a fine difference between technology uh, uh, and access to that technology from different clients. The technology is already here. Whether you decide for DOT or DOH or a couple of other alternatives, all of those uh, already exist. Uh, you can uh, run uh, the server components somewhere or let someone else run those. You can uh, incorporate the client libraries into your software. But then again, this isn't something which is backwards compatible. You have to actively make sure that all your client uh, devices, applications, uh, smartphones, microservices, IoT devices, that they all support this new protocol. It will probably take another couple of years, but we are already quite far on that way. So supporting major browsers uh, and major operating system is already a great step forward. But then again, technology alone isn't enough. Technology alone cannot address your trust issues. And to implement those uh, oblivious DOH, for example, infrastructures, technology alone isn't enough. You have to find that trusted party. You have to probably have a contract or some kind of an agreement with those, that, that party, which covers not just uh, technology or SLA or whatever, but also incorporates legal requirements and compliance uh, clauses and so on. So here, again, this is not something which we can give you or an ultimate answer about, but it's already here and companies like Cloudflare are already offering at least uh, some kind of initial implementations, pilot projects or the technology that looks promising. 
Yeah, that's that's a great summary. But maybe one one tiny thing to add: it's we as the customers and we as the analysts, we can be in a position to also, um, yeah, to to um, expose our powers um, when it comes to creating services, when it comes to choosing services, and make this um, um, a, a requirement that is a re prerequisite to make sure that services that we create, especially customer-facing services that uh, use DNS, are in a situation that they can really leverage these new types of protocols that you all mentioned. Maybe a final word for all who have not yet looked into that and who are providing these services, you might want to look at ODOH, just Google for that. Look at oblivious DNS over HTTPS. There are specifications and there are examples around. Just make sure that you are on the more modern approach towards DNS. Alexei, thank you very much. I've learned a lot about privacy and DNS and that this still is an important factor. It's technology and it's trust. And it's really all that is around the governance and the, the maintenance of this trust. Um, so again, thank you very much for being my guest today, Alexei. Well, thank you, Matthias, and goodbye. Bye-bye.